Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 149. And away we go. Step up to the break. We got MJP and Green Man. It's the brain and tipping and chip team. From my land to Japan and everywhere in between. Get the up-to-date news on the wrestling scene. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 149 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host, at Michael J. Putty. Joining me this week, making his grand return not via satellite, not over Skype, the voice of BCW, Pete Rosado is back here. Pete, welcome back to the show. You know what? It is It is great to be back, Putty. Great to be back in studio. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, live in person, in living color, it is I, the voice of BCW at Pete Rosado eighty seven here live at a Shadow Wrestling episode one forty nine. I'll ask you to say what? Repeat yourself over and over again because the Skype connection sucked. It's great to see your beautiful face in person with my own eyes. Welcome, I do what I can. Welcome back. You've been missed. A new year, new me, right? Twenty nineteen. That's, that's what they say, right? There we go. How was your holidays? How was your new year? How was your Christmas? Uh, everything was great, man. I mean, uh, New Year's was a long day. I took the, the long drive back. As you know, I usually go down uh, down to the southern states, down to visit family for uh, the holidays. Yep. Actually, the first time I appeared, uh, well, appeared, quote, I'm air quoting here, people. Yes. Uh, the first time I appeared on Shadow Wrestling, the interview was actually right. held while I was vacationing in North Carolina. That's right. So I was down visiting family. Way and back in our double digit episodes. I yes. Right? I think it was like 80 something yeah. or something like that. Uh, and speaking about old school, we're over here watching the opening match to TNA Impact's Homecoming, uh, which was held at the Asylum, uh, their former uh, venue. But well, since you brought it up, I got to cut you off then because now we're going to get into our wrestling replay. Uh, this week's wrestling, this week's wrestling replay, Homecoming, <laughs> January sixth, two thousand nineteen, at the Asylum in Nashville, Tennessee, as my co-host just said. Yeah, Rishwan defeated Ethan Page, Jake Chris, and Trey Miguel in the Ultimate X match. Which you're watching. Thank you for spoiling the match for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> for the Impact X Division Championship in 13 minutes, 40 seconds. See, usually I spoil it in old episode, but you can't. You can go back in the network and watch. You can't go back and watch this. I mean, you, you missed it. You missed it. Yeah. Ali and Sue Young defeated Jordan Grace and Kiara Hogan in eight minutes, 53 seconds. Eddie Edwards defeated Moose in a false count anywhere match in 13 minutes, 20 seconds. Sammy Callahan defeated Willie Mack in 10 minutes, 15 seconds. E. Lie Drake Dummy. Yeah. Defeated Abyss in a Monsters Ball match in 12 minutes, 15 seconds. LEX defeated Lucha Brothers to retain the Tag Team Championships in 11 minutes, 20 seconds. Taya Valkyrie defeated Tessa Blanchard to win the Knockouts Championship in 10 minutes, 25 seconds. And in your main event, Johnny Impact defeated Brian Cage to retain the Impact World Championship in 20 minutes, 15 seconds. That was homecoming. Beginning to end. I missed this match. So I'm watching it along with you for the first time, so I just spoiled myself as well. Look at you. Terrible. Uh, you know, we did get a new uh, Impact Women's Champion. Knockouts champion, I should say, but an Impact Women's yeah. Champion uh, in Taya Valkyrie. So now we have the husband-wife duo power as, couple, as right? champion, the power couple of Impact Wrestling. Uh, great Ultimate X match. Brings me back to the days of when you had guys like Petey Williams, Elix Skipper, one of the greatest, uh, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, low-key, such a great X Division back in the day. And I think the 
wealth of talent out there nowadays can help revitalize yeah, that like next division yeah. for 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 TNA Impact Wrestling. I think what's really interesting though is um, when we look at Impact Wrestling. You know, you mentioned that Eli Drake defeats yeah. Abyss in a Monster Balls match, and I and I and I wonder if now Abyss has truly essentially become what we've all said he always was, but kind of impacts Undertaker, where he kind of loses in all the big name Ooh. his own matches. Maybe. Like, but I kind of feel like he shouldn't always win the Monsters Ball match. No, he had to put people over. He's he's, he's well, in the Hall of Fame already. I get that, do? but I mean, have you seen Taker lose a Barry to live match? Yes. I, I mean, recently? No. Okay. Has there been one recently? I mean, about, about a decade. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, uh, like, Taker, casket match, Barry to live match, Taker shouldn't lose, right? Oh, yeah. Monsters Ball match. match. Right. Mania <laughs> match, shouldn't lose, but did, shouldn't yeah. lose. Um, Twice. But mm. a Monsters Ball match for Abyss, I kind of feel like... That's the Abyss match. Absolutely. That's, what, that's the name you think when you hear a Monsters Ball match. Oh, Abyss. Right. Or Raven. Yeah. To me. a degree. Not me. What? Not me. Oh, Jesus. I didn't watch TNA when Raven was in there. I watched it on a Mania Event Mafia. My man Jeff Jarrett. That's true. <laughs> you saw the opening promo package to Impact Homecoming. You're like, yeah. oh, look at Raven. I didn't notice that he was there. Oh, Mr. Perfect. Look at that. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat. What is he doing here? Well, that's a horrible impression. Of all the impersonations you do, that's a horrible one. You know. Doesn't sound like anything like me. But I, mean, I didn't say Raven surprise. I was like, how different he looks than he does nowadays. No. I mean, he didn't wear the 50-pound rain boots to yeah. Impact Wrestling. <laughs> Love you, Raven. I really do. How was your New Year's? Long. I took the drive back, so it was the uh, the eight-hour drive back mm-hmm. from North Carolina. You don't fly down? Uh, I don't trust leaving my car in the airport. Take a cab to the airport? Oh, you're in the Bronx. That's right. Right. Alternate side parking. You know, I have no one to move my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I like the drive. You know why? No. I get to listen to all the back episodes of a Shot of Wrestling podcast nice. available exclusively on the B-Plus Player Radio. Shout out to Mark Adam Haggerty. Oh, by the way, now going to be working for Chikara. Really? Incredible. If you haven't checked it out, check out Mark Adam Haggerty on social media. He will now be working as the new MC for Chikara. Oh, wow. Congratulations to him. Breaking news here. I want to point out the fact that you came to the studio tonight with a box full of cookies, offered me one. And now, see, they're all gone. You didn't even say me any. They're not all gone. You didn't say me any. There are two there. Stop trying to make me out to be a fatter bastard than I already am. Uh, <laughs> I try to hide it on television. This is why I only do the podcasts, because they're not on, like, video or anything. Uh, no, I went to one of my favorite cookie stores, uh, Insomnia Cookies. If you have never had an Insomnia Cookies, you're severely missing out. Uh, but I had to go to Insomnia because it's been a long week. And uh, did bring you some, and you declined, and you're, you know. Just- yeah, I thought you were saving me one. It shows me just why you are not a good guy. Wow. You're exactly. a bad guy. That's fucked up. Bad guy. Yeah, I'm good company with Razor Ramon. Greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time? Third. No. He's the only man who can walk around in purple pants in the slums of Okoloka and, and come out alive. He's the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Hard to argue that point. Peter, I'm happy you're here because last week we talked about uh, the unfortunate passing of one of the greatest voices of all time, Mean Gene Norland. Now, as a commentator, as a voice of an organization yourself, I know he meant a lot to you. You want to talk about Mean Gene and how he influenced you in your current career? I mean, Mean Gene, uh, when I heard the news, it was, it was, it was very damaging yeah, uh, to the soul. Um, I mean, I grew up on Mean Gene. You all I mean, did, yeah. I was born in 1987, man, and I, I was watching. I mean, I watched a lot of Mean Gene in WWF at the time and then WCW. I mean, my entire WCW career of watching it was Mean Gene as, as the guy. Yeah. You know, Mean Gene was a major part of my childhood, major, uh, major part of me loving wrestling, uh, me loving what he did as a backstage uh, interviewer. He, I don't want to say he revolutionized it, but he made 
He made the backstage interview irrelevant. Yeah, you say revolutionized. That definitely fits. You know, he made it relevant. I mean, the reason why we ended up having guys like Todd Phillips and the reason why we ended up having guys... Uh, Jonathan Coachman? Coachman yeah. and, 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 and even to a degree now in the Renee Youngs and the... And so on and so forth. The reason why we had that Charlie is... Charlie Caruso's? Well, yeah, but, you know, Charlie's on ESPN, too, now, you know. Um, but to that degree, it's because of what Mean Gene was able to do. I mean, because Mean Gene made the backstage interviewer a part of of it. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, Crockett, the Crockett's were doing it, and, and Tony Schiavone was doing it in the NWA. And I'm, and I'm sure it went on in the AWA and everywhere else. But, I mean, you look at what Mean Gene did. I mean, the man... Hulk Hogan's promos <laughs> would be 141 and one-third percent worse. Oh, hands down. Was it not for Mean Gene? He's the foil, yeah. Uh, and, and Mean Gene, the only man that they've let bloopers in, right? Yeah, like, sure. is Mean Gene, like, they, they showed it in the, in the, in the reel uh, for his passing on Monday Night Raw, the idea of, like, when he yells at somebody, put that cigarette out! Like, the fact that that's still in the interview, like, you can actually still view that scene in the interview. I love the uh, Wendy Richter. Oh, yeah. I'm going to lay down. Let somebody climb my Well, thanks for telling us that. Uh, you know, but he he made it great, and uh, Mean Gene will be sorely missed. I mean, I've, I've met Mean Gene on a couple of occasions. Damn, fuck you, man. Uh, Going back to last week, I'm the only one who I met him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've met Mean Gene on a couple of occasions. Uh, How awesome is he? Most re- oh, man. First off, the man's the hugest flirt you will ever meet in your life. I could tell that, yeah. Okay, the dude's awesome. got legit no chill. Okay. Okay. I was walking around. Good. I want to hear that. I was walking around with a friend of mine. Uh, so the first year of BCW, at BCW's first anniversary, uh, it took place on the Friday prior to the big event. Okay. And on Saturday, uh, we go to the big event. And at the time, uh, there was a, a friend of ours who worked for a podcast in Florida. And she also worked for the Miami Herald at the time. Okay. And so she came up to, to cover the anniversary. And then she... Uh, we, we brought her to the big event with us, and she was walking around, and her and I are walking around together because she'd never been in, in a convention like that, and I knew, knew a lot of the people, so I was introducing her to people, and Mean Gene was at a table, and I go to say hi to Mean Gene and meet the man for the first time as a couple of years ago, and he sees the young lady that I'm with, and he, he looks at me and he says, uh, is this young lady with you? And I said, yes, yes, she is, and he's like, no, no, no. Is she with you? And I said, oh, no, Mean Gene, not like that. And Mean Gene's attention immediately went to, hi, how you doing? I'm Mean Gene Oakland. Nice. nice to meet you. Exactly what I want to uh, <laughs> Exactly what I want to I mean, Mean Gene Oakland was trying to, you know, bag a woman six times younger than him and probably could have been successful. Uh, absolutely. Um, he seems like it, yeah. It's the greatest thing <laughs> in the world. I could not stop laughing at how That's Mean great. Gene was flirting with her, but it was great. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to miss Mean Gene. Uh, the fact that I'm never going to be able to, to hear that voice. Because, I mean, even in his age, the iconic voice still shined through when you spoke to him. Yeah, he never lost it. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, we lost somebody great. And, and it goes to show that as time goes on, you know, this is only, unfortunately, going to continue to happen. The wrestling world is different than it was in the 80s and 90s. Will there be another Mean Gene? Someone bigger than the superstars themselves? No. I, I, I don't think so, because what we end up seeing is they don't stay in that role for long. True. They'll move to another role. Mean Gene, I mean, in today's wrestling, you'd see someone like Mean Gene become a manager. Truth, yeah. You'd see Mean Gene become a, 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 a ringside commentator. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think there's any ever going to be someone who's just going to sit there as a backstage guy or a backstage woman and and be as big as Mean Gene was. 
Plus, I think his personality was just, it shined through everything that he did. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just his interview skills, which were great. His acting skills with those skits with Bobby Heenan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It's great. But it's sad. It really is. I mean, we've lost, when you really think about it, Mean Gene's gone. Bobby Heenan's gone. Gorilla's gone. Yep. Late 80s, early 90s, WWE. I mean, who do we got left? Vince. Jesse. That's it? That's it. Mr. Perfect's gone. Oh, and Elvira. She did do commentary at WrestleMania 2. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll counter. But no, I mean really, I mean Mean Gene out, Bobby Heenan's gone and, and Gorilla's gone. It's 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 a sad day when you really think of like growing up in that era. Macho Man, w- yeah. Yeah, of the WWE of the WWF and then later WCW. Dusty's gone. That's right, Dusty's gone. It's 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 sad and to think that and, and of all of them, I mean Mean Gene, I'm I'm just glad that Mean Gene was as old as he was cuz he lived a great life, man. He did. Lived a great life. Talk about last week with Mark at uh watching Legends House. Oh, that was great. Just stole the show. Him and Pat Patterson were the best. Yes, it was best. It was great. That that should have been a spinoff, him and Pat. Oh, yes. By themselves. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh, that would have been perfect. Anyway, let's move on. The interviews are back. Oh, Jesus. Our first interview of 2019. I mean, I love the interviews. I just don't love the guy that does them. Neither do I, but I can't fault that. <laughs> this interview is with the current House of Glory world champion, a man who barely sits down for interviews. Very rare. I'm scared of this man. I really am. To hear the leader of the House of Gangone do a podcast interview, Green Man's got him here on a shot of wrestling, Anthony Gangone. So, Green Man, take it away. This is the House of Gangone. Family, welcome. Another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you haven't done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You could also email us at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave comments on the Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now we say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined by the HOG House of Glory heavyweight champion, the one above all, Anthony Gangone. Welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for that fantastic introduction. Well, when you're a champion it carries a certain amount of weight to your name. It's amazing the career that you already have, and there's still so much more left in you. Yeah, I mean, um, you got to be the guy, and I'm the guy right now in House of Glory and maybe on the entire East Coast. Well said. I mean, I, I would not argue that at all. Uh, most recently, Anthony, we saw you at ICW. It's how we wrapped up our 2018 now, it was a surprise run-in to assist Amazing Red during Danny DeMonto's last match. I was there. It erupted. It went crazy when the House of Gangone rushed in the ring. But Danny had his boys also there with him. The bad boy, Joy Janela, came out swinging to the fences with his crutches. And the match had everything I wanted in professional wrestling. All the drama, all the spots. It was amazing. Which leads me to my first question. What makes you pop? What makes me pop? Well, at this point, I guess what would be the best answer for me is really good 
storytelling complemented by a really good match. So uh, feuds and, and things of that nature are probably the thing that makes me the most excited about wrestling. I wouldn't say necessarily any particular moves or, or quote-unquote spots in a match, but I'm more for the storytelling. Is, was there any story growing up that captivated you from beginning to end or any rivalry that you're very passionate about? Yeah, I, okay, so my favorite feud would be Macho Man and Jake Roberts mm. from 1991 to 92. Even though I'm not a huge fan of the matches that they had, it was more story-based, and I thought they could have been uh, better produced. But the feud itself was very, very good, and I really, truly believe that was Jake's best run as an overall performer and also as a, as a heel, which is somewhat humorous because he was kind of in a bad shape as far as uh, his uh, drug and alcohol mm-hmm. uh, abuse at the time. But, I mean, somehow it, it, it enhanced that feud. Yeah. Now, everybody, as they're listening to you mention Macho Man Randy Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts, you think about what you just said, all the storytelling, the drama that went into it, that moment when the snake bit Macho Man is still mm-hmm. like cemented in my memory. How did that happen? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. Well, I mean, that, that, that's the part everyone remembers, but there was also another portion of that feud where Jake actually slapped Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that Elizabeth, I believe, really got physical. I mean, she was pushed every once in a while. But that, and then the promo Jake cut after that with Mean Gene was just, and then Mean Gene, the way he was just completely disgusted by Jake, it was just such a great Tuesday in Texas. It's on the network. Go check it out. It's really good. Yeah. Now, while we're talking about rivalries, what rivalry in your career so far are you the most proud of? It's a toss-up, but I would say either my feud with Ken Broadway mm-hmm. or my feud with Amazing Red are probably the two that come to mind right now. Yeah. Now, you are a fixture. You're the face of HOG. Um, and because of it, you've gotten a lot of great opportunities to face many big names in our industry, names like Ricochet, Leo Rush, Cody Rhodes, Amazing Red. But recently... You called out a former world champion. And the name that has had the biggest buzz towards the end of 2018 and now starting 2019, you called out David Arquette. And not just called him out, Anthony. You offered him a title shot. I have so many questions. I, have, I, I don't even know where to get started. But I guess the first one off the top of my head is why? Well, you got to look at it. Um, David Arquette is back in wrestling, and I feel like it's some sort of redemption story for him. You know, he has been saying that he is tired of people kind of um, crapping all over him for his run as WCW champion, and he's kind of trying to rectify that. And for me, I just feel like I can give you an opportunity to kind of rectify that and become a world champion and actually, um, in a sense, earn it. And I think that it benefits him and it benefits me. And I I definitely hope that happens at some point in the near future. Now, I am in no way close to David Arquette. I've been trying to follow his journey or his new journey back into the ring. Do you actually think David Arquette has what it takes to be the HOG champion? 
I mean, I don't because in, in turn he would have to beat me and he can't beat me. I, I've been doing this for quite a while and I've wrestled a lot of great names that have been signed, that have been all over the world, that have been in the Tokyo Dome, Madison Square Garden, whatever you want to say. So I absolutely do not think that he could beat me, but, you know, I'm giving him a shot to try and uh, he can actually earn it and not kind of be, uh, in a sense, handed it. Right. I got you. But listen, anyone could lose on any given day. You know, you never know. You never know. A dark day in wrestling was when he did win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I know my personal reaction. I was I was a lot younger. I didn't know as much of the wrestling business. I was it was really much of a TV show for me, and I just got lost in it. So you know, maybe be an unpopular opinion, but when David Arquette won, I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Like, mm-hmm. wow! Like I didn't expect that to happen. Like, how did that happen? Like, and I'm like thinking, like, "Holy shit, what is going to happen next? Anything could happen," and it kind of gave me that moment of like, holy shit. Um, but what was your personal reaction when David Arquette won the championship? You know, at the time, I don't think I really had much of a reaction. Plus, you have to think that I was probably, what, seven or eight at the time. So I, mm-hmm. it really wasn't, I wasn't into, you know, I obviously knew of Scream because of the Halloween costumes, but I wasn't really aware of necessarily who Arquette was other than, you know, Ready to Rumble, which was a wrestling movie that was coming out. Yeah. So for me, a great I, wrestling I didn't movie, really... by the way. <laughs> it's not. It's not bad. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I wouldn't say I had much of a reaction. As an adult, uh, I understand where they were coming from, and I will say that Arquette, behind the scenes, uh, did do a lot of good with what he did. What happened uh, with him in the world title in WCW that I'm sure many people don't know about. So. You know, I don't, I don't have much of a reaction from when I was a, a child about it. And on those words, uh, we're beginning to wrap up our time. Is there any misconceptions that, whether it be the internet community or the wrestling community, that they have about Anthony Gangone right now that you want to set the record straight? Um, yeah, just don't put me in a box. Uh, I have more value than then uh, some people give me credit for. I'm not just a wrestler. And I think that if you are, if you actually follow my career and maybe research, you'll realize that I'm not just a uh, quote-unquote good hand in the ring. I do have other value in, in my voice and my creativity and my gear and, 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 and all those aspects of wrestling. And, um, yeah, I guess that's the only thing I would say. And if we wanted to follow that journey into 2019, where could we follow you on social media? Sure, um, at Twitter on uh, House of Gangone, and then on Instagram. It is a private Instagram, so I will have to look at your profile before I accept it. But it will be um, Gangone Anthony, and then you can search my name on Facebook. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time here with us. Um, there is so much more to your career that I, I really encourage everybody to keep an eye on. When I went to House of Glory for the first time, you were one of those standouts to me. You're one of the people who you really could see visually took what you're doing very seriously and when you got into the ring captivated that audience. So to me as a fan, I am beyond grateful um, to just share this conversation. Hopefully it's one of many down the line, but thank you so much for your time. We're not done with you yet, though. We still have last call, so hang on tight, and we'll be right back with you. Okay, great. Unfortunately for you, 
you are facing a wrestling god, and a man never, never can touch God. This is the house of Gango. Never welcome to Michael J. Putty. Great interview by Green Man. Thank you to Anthony Angone for your time. The full interview is on our YouTube, A Shot of Wrestling, so definitely go over there and check it out. Along with our old interviews posted regularly on A Shot of Wrestling on YouTube. Ready to get to the news, Pete? Let's do it. During their Double or Nothing rally, AEW announced some of the names that will be joining their promotion, such as SCU, Billy Gunn as a backstage producer, Britt Baker, MJF. Sorry, Joey sorry, G- sorry, sorry, sorry. Dr. Britt Baker. Apologize. Show respect. Dr. Britt Baker, MJF, Joe Janela, Penelope Ford, Adam Page, Neville, and of course the big signing was Chris Jericho. Who? Neville? Who? You mean Pac. X-Pac? No. No. He's he's not there. Pac. P-A-C. Yeah. P-A-C. Pac. He used to be Pac. No. He's X-Pac. Pac Pac again. He's X-Pac. No, no, no. You're thinking about somebody else. And of course Chris Jericho. Right. Let's just be real. I mean, Neville is a copyrighted term owned by the WWE. He is performing under his original name, which he was on the indies with originally, which is, is Pac. That his name does it stand for anything? Is it initials? I don't. I don't remember if it stands for. I think it's just it's just Pac. P A C. That's what he was before he got signed by the E. And they turned him into Adrian Neville. That's right. And they, they hate first names. Yeah, they hate first. They hate first names. They hate last names. Yeah. Because Cesaro was. Uh, uh, oh my God! I forgot what Cesaro's name was. Uh-huh. Anthony? Antonio Cesaro, Antonio, yeah. and then uh, uh, Big E was Big E Langston, Langston. Yeah. but but no AW Elias I'm, Sampson, yes Elias now, right? Uh, but no uh, AW. I mean, dude, what a freaking splash! Apparently, this was down to the wire because apparently the rumor was he was been talking to WWE and AEW, right? So I signed a three year deal with AEW, which is not exclusive. He'll be free to work in New Japan. Well, it is exclusive in the sense that. He, it's kind of like the Young Bucks contract with Ring of Honor previously, okay. where they have the permission to work with like PWG. Obviously, they're working with New Japan because there's a working relationship there, um, things like that. But Jericho obviously can't show up on WWE TV. No, not anymore. You know, um, things like that. You know, I, it's funny. I read a report by Jericho where uh, two big things stood out. He said he wouldn't have signed with AEW had there not been a strong television deal on the table. He says there's a Makes couple sense. of offers on the table. You talked about last week, it's TBS and TNT. Right. And maybe Access TV right now. A couple of offers on the table, but he thinks definitely one of them will happen. I'd love for it to be TBS, just so we can get back to the old school Turner versus mm. Vince, right? And the other thing that he said was he equates it to when he jumped from WCW to WWE. Isn't it a little much, though? AEW is nothing right now. Right now it's an indie promotion. 
But when you think of the stars that jumped from WCW to the WWE. Yeah, but WCW was was something. AEW is nothing right now. Right, but what was Jericho? I mean, he was a big name in WCW, but look at what he became in WWE. And then look at the guys that followed him. Yeah, of course. Okay, once they saw that a guy like Chris Jericho could become something, right? But at the end of the day, you need someone with star power. Right, you oh, need this is a great get for them. Right, you need somebody him, who's established somewhere else. It was like I don't equate it so much to Jericho jumping ship, but when Nash and Hall yeah. jump shit to WW, uh, WCW, right, you needed someone of star power. Don't get me wrong, Luger was star. All these other things, Hogan in essence was a star. It was a big get for them, yeah. Right, but at the end of the day, Hogan went back to being bland, red and yellow. You know, Hogan. But when Hall and Nash came over, at the height of them being Razor Ramon and, and Diesel. And the way they did it. Like, who are these guys? In right. Yeah. That said, oh, crap. Who's next? Right? Uh, sorry, Bill Goldberg. But <laughs> the idea of if, Je- if they can sign Jericho, if they can sign Pac, which to me was the big signing because the really? man formerly known as Neville had said he had no intention of working in the United States. Right, because I know every big indie promotion in the world has been trying to get him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can tell you that. For experience. Okay, I can tell you everybody has been trying to get him for WrestleMania weekend. He was not interested in working in the U.S., but yet he signed a deal with AEW. So that's what the hype is. Listen, the rumor mill is what it is, and we've heard some rumors coming down the pike, buddy. Yes, we have. About some names, some phenomenal names, <laughs> right? We're not going to get into that, but... Right, but the question could be, that right imagine now. that, right? You know, they've there've been names mentioned of guys that are on the WWE contracts. Zack Ryder, the Revival. That'd be big, right? Like if these guys were to leave the WWE, Ty Dillinger. But all those names are big, like Kevin Nash or Scott Hall going. Question. He's getting serious right now. He's was Cody him. Rhodes big? No. Right. Not well. His talent level through the roof. Yeah. Potential through the roof. Absolutely. Did he have glimpses in the WWE? Of course. Yes. But had the WWE ever put him on a platform where he could be great? No. Not necessarily. But has Cody Rhodes shown that he is great? Great's yes. A, great's a strong word, but yeah, he's, he's one of the best. Right. Right now in the indie scene. I think right now in wrestling, okay. Cody Rhodes is one of the best. Right? And he showed it. Imagine what guys like Zack Ryder, what guys like The Revival, what guys like a Ty Dillinger, a Tyler Breeze. People who fans are looking at and oh, saying... Dolph Ziggler? Right. Oh, my God, they were great in NXT. Dolph Ziggler, oh, my God, that abbreviated world title run. The big pop the night after WrestleMania. All of this, what could have been? What could Zack Ryder have been if, if John Cena hadn't gone over in the in the Eve Torres storyline? Hmm. Right? True. True. Like, what could have happened? And AEW allows for you essentially to take the what if out of the equation. Because now, if a guy like Zack Ryder were to go there, Zack Ryder sinks or swims on his own ability. Not so much on the booking of a Vince McMahon, who we know from experience to be very picky, to be very hard-headed. Now, granted, it's gotten him where he's gotten in life. They're right. Gotten the WWE to be the biggest company in wrestling. Okay? The one thing Vince will never stop being is a shrewd businessman, and in my opinion, the smartest guy in the room. Does that mean that he, does, that he always makes the best decisions? No. Does that mean that he's in tune with what everybody needs or wants? No. I think AEW is interesting. And what it does is, is it introduces a variable into the equation that wasn't there before. Which is? Competition. 
I'm not going to say that Impact's competition because at the end of the day, Impact has had its ups, its downs. It's shown that it hasn't can't be really consistent. New Japan, in my opinion, is a bit of competition, but does it have the hold in the states? Right, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, I love, but what we've seen from Ring of Honor over the years is guys get to a certain point, and then where do they end up? I hate hypotheticals, but is AEW going to be competition for WWE? No. Here's my question. Here's the difference. For Ring of Honor right now, Impact right now, unless the rumors are mer- them merging. Well, the, but they're going to be competition with the B team minor, minor leagues right now. But here's the thing, though. They're slow build, maybe eventually. You have another Ted Turner. Just this time, it's Sadkan. Yeah. Okay. You have another a billionaire funding the company. That doesn't know what he's doing. But who better than Cody, man? I mean, this is a man who was in, excuse my language, was in the shit, right? He was in the middle of it, of the WWE machine for what, over a decade? Something like that, yeah. Grew up in the business in what many people would say under the tutelage of the greatest wrestling mind in history, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Okay. Okay. The person that... If you ask many WWE superstars, is responsible for them being who they are, what they are, helping them get to the next level in NXT. I don't see a situation where Cody Rhodes is going to let this fail. I'll tell you if they fail or not. It's up to the consumer. And the consumers have shown that this is what they want. The consumer fans yep. have flocked to this the same way fans flocked to everything else. But see, it's not so much about what the consu- whether the consumers want it. It's whether or not the supply meets the expectations of the demand. All in met and then some the expectations. And I think now what we're going to see is we're going to see Cody Rhodes go out there and get those talent, those people who we want to see and put them in positions where he's going to challenge the status quo of professional wrestling. And I think that's the biggest thing. Challenge the status quo. Unbalance the equation. One of the first things I thought of when I heard about this news about Chris Jericho was, what about Vince McMahon? Well, speaking with Busted Open Radio, Chris Jericho revealed he did inform Vince he was joining AEW before the news became public. Saying, and I quote, a lot of stuff is private, but I did have a very amicable conversation with him. He knew what I was doing. He wasn't surprised. I didn't just show up in Jacksonville, and that was it. So at least he gave some sort of events warning, some sort of, some, some sort of loyalty here. I'm a big loyal guy, and uh, at least some loyalty was shown here for him to jump shit like that. I mean, I don't, can't fault Chris Jericho. I mean, it is what it is, but. I'm sure he's not the only one. I think Cody has given an interview where he said he went to Vince for advice. He went to, I don't, I don't want to say for his blessing, but told Vince what was going on. Did he? I didn't hear that. Okay, good. Um, you know, hey, I, what I, better advice would you get from Vince McMahon? I mean, at the end of the day. What advice would he give him, though? That's the question. No, no, no. But Vin, Vince has said it himself. Vince yeah. thrives on competition in his own company. That's true. And Vince will tell you himself, if he's going to be honest, nothing made WWE better than the competition with WCW. Do you see AEW getting on that level, though? No one saw WCW getting on that level. Yeah, but it was a slow build until the Nitro Monday Night Wars right. came Right, and, and think about where we are now. We're in 2019, where social media, That's sure. instant gonna, gratification helps gross. things blossom. We're talking about a generation now where things go viral, putty. Yeah, talk, talk about the late night talk show hosts. Talk about getting things viral. Right, so, so right. Different, different environment. AEW does the right things, and in short order, it blows up faster than a WCW could have. So do they even need a TV deal then? I think you do because you still want to be in a lot of homes, you know, uh, and you want to give people... 
I mean, I mean, look at what look at what Impact's doing, right? Impact has a TV deal now with Pursuit, yep. but they realize, guess what? Not everyone's going to have this channel, so they Nobody create does. they create choice. You can watch on Twitch, yeah. you can watch on Pursuit. So if you happen to have it, you happen to have it. You're good to go. There's another big promotion where people want to flock to hurt the indie scene, like the BCW booking guys. Does the price go up? Or it's hard to get someone to show to a local indie show when they are on a national TV deal with. Yeah, I mean, you're competing with more dates. You're competing dates, yeah. with increased prices, of course. Um, Does this make you guys thrive to try the next talent? But that's too. That too. It opens up spots for for spots, new yes. for new talent, for younger talent, for fresh talent. But I'm a big believer of a rising tide rises all boats. Okay. Right. That's deep shit. And if the indie scene is thriving, and yes, I would still consider AEW an indie because from yeah, what from what I'm reading, the contracts uh, they are varying from. You know, multi-year to monthly to multi-date to single-date contracts. So it can change things, but I also think it could it could make things better. Because again, if AEW continues to grow, if guys are getting like truly guaranteed exclusive contracts where they're not able to now work the quote-unquote regular indie scene, it forces those next crop of talent to break through the glass ceiling and, and secure the spots that are left behind. When guys get signed by the WWE off the indie scene, it creates opportunity. And opportunity is great for everyone. Let's sum up AEW. Any final thoughts? I wish AEW all the best. In the future I, endeavors. No, I, I think they're going to be successful. I think they're going to do it right. I think they're going to... Sorry, NXT and Adam Cole, but I think they're going to shock the system. Do you see them as real competition for WWE? I see them as something that can be real competition. I'm not going to put the cart before the horse. That's true. Okay. Okay. Everyone, I, everyone's doing that right now. Right. I, I think they yeah. could be. I think they have the right things in place. But I mean, about impact. I mean, the Young Bucks are there. We all know the Young Bucks draw money. I mean, you've you've heard Roddy Piper's. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Roddy Piper's Hall of Fame speech. Oh, one of the best. Okay. Did you hear the introductory speech that Ric Flair gave for Piper? Yeah, I got on DVD, but I don't remember it offhand. So Flair talked about how Piper would go to all these towns and Piper would do all this crazy stuff. And Ric Flair would go to him and be like, Piper, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And Piper's probably like, I got to draw money, got to draw money, got to draw money. I mean, even though the wrestling scene has changed yeah. from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, just a little bit. It's still about who, who draws money. Who puts asses in the seats, Right. The Young Bucks have proven time and time again they put asses in the seats, they draw money. Cody Rhodes, since coming on the indie scene and doing his own thing, has shown he puts asses in the seats, he draws money. The Elite, the Bullet Club, whatever you want to call them, put asses in the seats, they draw money. And I think Cody Rhodes and the Bucks and everybody else involved have a great eye for talent. I mean, look who they signed. Janela. Yeah. Only one of the yeah. great minds behind one of the biggest indie shows that have been <laughs> popping up. That's right. Right. MJF, who I've said in three years has become one of the greatest young talents in wrestling. And Penelope Ford, oh, you know, they have the right formula. Can they continue? I, I would like to hope so. We'll see what happens. In other news, and if you're like me, sorry, Pete, I get, get this on my chest, you know, it's my show. Still holding out hopes to see Batista return to the ring at WrestleMania against Triple H. Well, whatever hopes that are left following Triple H's injury have been slashed. Batista's are Reportedly signed on for the upcoming film, Dune, which begins filming in February. Most movie companies don't like their stars to 
do anything that risks injury. So the chance of Batista appearing at WrestleMania 35 had now been almost, almost zero now, Pete. I think we talked about this off the air. You don't, you don't care about Batista at all, right? You weren't really caring about this at all? I, I didn't really care about the match that much. I think, I mean, another Triple H match, I think, against Batista. I get why it makes sense. You want to harken back to it, but... If it happens, it doesn't happen. It doesn't hey, change my hey, opinion. Hey, AEW, want my, want my viewership? Sign Batista. Another news. They announced this week that the uh, Performance Center is opening up the United Kingdom. The 17,000 square feet facility with two training rings, world-class equipment, and much, much more is the first of many Performance Centers opening outside of the United States. So with the competition coming, is it a smart move to, for them to expand their training to other countries? Oh, of course. I mean, wrestling's a worldwide sport. Professional wrestling is a worldwide profession. At the end of the day, it allows them to get their their foothold in other countries and allow for those wrestlers to train in a WWE environment without having to leave home. True. Right? Because my whole thing is like, I'll, I'll join the UK Performance Center if I'm a, a British wrestler. I'm a UK wrestler. I'll join the UK Performance Center. Hey, maybe I don't make it, right? It's not as much of a financial risk to me because I'm not moving to America, uprooting my family, uprooting my life, hoping that I make it right now. And also, this helps with guys who maybe don't have to be as international as before. Like before, you had to kind of come to the States, make the international rounds, get noticed, come back, do this, do that. Now, you get noticed there at home. You know, join the performance center there and have a shot at coming to the states, but this time coming on an actual contract. I assume the next one's going to be India. I would assume China. I would be interested to see if they try to go into Japan. Yeah, I would assume that's so. the interesting part because with the the hold that New Japan has there, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if WWE tries to make inroads into Japan. Well, Japan took over the best square garden. I guess we'll, we'll take over Japan as well. We'll see. You know the news. Big fan of the show, Big Brother, my friend. Right? The sleazy reality TV show. Oh, I thought you were saying that Big Brother was a fan of us, and I was wearing what the FBI was hearing me say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of the show, reality, the reality show Big Brother. You've listened to the show. Because, of course, you would enjoy a show where people creepily watch other people. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel ashamed about that. Okay. You should. No, I'm good. <laughs> Last year, they introduced Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, great. Which is big over the United Kingdom. They, don't, they, they stopped doing Big Brother in the UK. It's all about Celebrity Big Brother. United States brought it over. Well, although the official cast announcement has not been released yet, it is being reported that Eva Marie will be appearing on this upcoming Celebrity Big Brother. All about it. Can't wait. Breaking news. They will tease her debut until the last episode. (laughs) And she'll never walk out. That's why you're Pete Rosado. Before CBCW. Great. (laughs) I'm going to skip it. That's genius. (laughs) And finally, know the news. The former two-time... WWE Women's Champion and former five-time, 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 five-time Jesus. knockouts champion Victoria is retiring this year at the age of 47. She made the announcement on her Instagram. I loved I loved Victoria in the WWE, Tara in, in Impact Wrestling. I thought she was so great, so ahead of her time. Um, she really helped. Started out with the whole train and look what she did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great, great in the ring. She was really uh, a fantastic uh, entertainer. A great woman's wrestler. I, I always felt like she never really got her due in the WWE. No, not at all. Um, it was a two-time champion, but it was a different era. 
Yeah. And, uh, she she was, got stuck in that era with like Molly and Jackie and all of them. Jazz, where it was just like, yeah. yeah, where it was just like, you had a Ivory. couple of girls, but they weren't ready. Like, not that they weren't ready, but the, the company wasn't ready to really kind of strap the rocket to them and let them go. So you had the uh, woman wrestlers, and then you had the fucking hot chicks in the bikinis and lingerie matches. Yeah. And she got wrangled in the wrong era. We met her at Boardwalk Beatdown, hung out with her, had a couple of drinks with her. She's a great woman. So all the best to her. Yes. Any chance she going to BCW in the next uh, I, 11 months? Hey, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I, I'd love to, you know, call a, a, a Victoria match. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be awesome. 2019, you never know. You never know. Big things coming for BCW. Hashtag never say never. Hashtag SmackDown save lives. Speaking of SmackDown, let's get some cheers and heels. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown here and here. All right, let's get into some cheers and heels. Do you watch Raw? You watch SmackDown? I did. I did. I did. We record the show Friday night, so we're missing Impact because now it's on available on Twitch. I missed Impact, so we're going to talk about Raw and SmackDown. Doing old school, just those two shows. Do everything for Raw. Uh, my biggest thing is I'm glad that John Cena is starting to look more and more like Ernest. Yes. That's a great analogy with that haircut. That's, that's it. Like that's, that's, that's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. that's the greatest thing about John Cena in years. He's starting to resemble Ernest. So the jean shorts, he needs a jean vest. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's all he needs now. Well, Ver- yeah, that's it. Uh, that was the greatest thing about Raw. No, uh, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm really enjoying um, Elias's, uh face turn. I don't like that it's so slow. Uh, I do like that we're seeing Elias in the ring more. Other than that, I think uh, I love Leo Rush, man. Love Leo Rush. Smells like money. Yeah. You look like money. Don't nobody don't nobody look like Bobby Lashley. Don't nobody <laughs> smell like Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's the greatest pure sports entertainer on WWE television. And and this is what we do when you flex your muscles like that. And I wear no shirt under my under my under my sport coat. This is what we do. We smell like money. We look like money. I'm gonna be the cruiserweight champion, and, and Bobby Lashley's gonna be the universal champion. That's what's gonna happen. Nice. I want to cheers. Big fan of WWE. Lifelong fan. Sorry for you. You shouldn't. It's great. Nobody does it better than the WWE when it comes to tribute videos. Oh, okay. I was about to. I was about to say, but yeah, you're right. All right. Cheers at me and Gene tribute. Great. They always match the song perfectly to the video. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they pick the songs match perfectly. I was worried about Hulk Hogan being in front of a live crowd. That worked well. No booze. No no bad karma there. Great tribute to me and Gene Oakland. Much deserved. Hogan did a great job in making that. Like it should have been not about himself. Not even not about bit, Hogan. Yeah. But came out with the mean genomania. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say you did notice there was a considerable difference in the pop of the crowd when Hogan came out versus when Hogan would come out yeah. previously. There wasn't a lot of reaction when he did the whole hand to the yes. ear reaction to the different dead, yeah. sides of the crowd. So, you know, people people know, but I think there was a little bit of a muted respect for Mean Gene. Warranted? Like, it's been a couple years now. Do you forgive or forget, or do you still hold on to it? You forgive, you don't forget. And, and, and it so also you don't, depends. You don't cheer him. You boo him. You don't hold I'm up. not going to boo him. Um, as an entertainer, as Hulk Hogan, I will cheer him. As Terry Bollea, as a person, as... I, I don't I don't know if I have the same respect for him. We're going to heal the lesnar Strowman face-off. Boring. Yeah, I didn't accomplish anything. Didn't promote the feud more. 
nothing happened here. The only I mean, good thing about that was Paul Heyman was on TV. That's it. The only good thing about that was the end. Throw it for Raw. All I got for Raw. SmackDown. SmackDown saves lives. You're a big fan of SmackDown. I'm a big fan of SmackDown. What do you have for SmackDown here? Really? Honestly, the only thing that I enjoyed about SmackDown uh, was our truth putting the boots to... Uh, DB? To, to DB in the beginning. I mean, I get DB's heel turn right now, but I'm not I'm not enjoying it as much. See, I don't like it. it was, I didn't like it at first, but I'm enjoying his promo because his promos are fantastic. I love, I shared his promo in the stands, throwing people's soda, yeah. his popcorn. It makes sense, but I don't know what that attachment to AJ Styles is. This feud could be with anybody. It could be. AJ Styles is not making people buy cups or popcorn or throwing their water bottles in the fucking trash. No, but he's a, he's a big merch seller, and with John Cena not on television, it's at least not on SmackDown like that, you'd have to think that a guy like AJ Styles is probably one of the top three yeah, merch what sellers. What do you think it makes sense, but it's not AJ Styles' fault. Like, why am I going to hate AJ Styles for being on a cup when he didn't ask to be on a cup? I mean, CM Punk asked to be on a cup, and he wasn't on a cup. Yeah, look where he is now. We're going to cheers the Andre Cien Almas in that tag match. I think he stood out. Once again, showing that he is the future of this business. I love Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, I mostly love Zelina Vega. We're Spanish, apparently it's showing. Okay. Uh, I, I love Zelina Vega. Smoking uh, hot. La Muñeca. Smoking hot this week. Like she's some, I don't know what it was, but she looked extra smoking hot this week. Uh, I'm going to let Alistair Black know you said that. Uh, give my number. 619-343-3005. But no, I, I mean, Zelina Vega is one of the best things that happened to Andrade so far, but I'm very happy for Andrade just because I remember when he debuted and his first like feud in NXT was against Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10 versus CN, Mr. 100, right? And then he kind of got lost in the shuffle for a long time at NXT and then finally became NXT champion and people were like ho-hum about it and then he just showed out. Speaking of Andrade Cien Almas and then speaking about NXT, I kind of want to pivot to something. Okay, floor is yours. I'm hoping... That the the Royal Rumble this year follows a similar formula to what they did last year in regards to the NXT champions okay, yes. and NXT talent debuting in the Rumble. I mean, the NXT talent has debuted in the Rumble for a couple of years now, yep. but I'm going to be very honest with you. I thought last year's Royal Rumble was the most exciting in a long time. I've been bored by a lot of the Rumbles. I mean, because the surprises aren't really surprises. Thank you, Dirt Sheets. You know, you kind of know an NXT guy or two is going to debut. You just don't know who. But last year, I popped hard when Andrade came out. I popped hard when Adam Cole came out. Adam Cole was a big one, yeah. Right? And even in the Women's Rumble, I popped super hard when Ember Moon came out. So who's the big name this year for the Rumble for you to pop to? Well, I mean, if they're going with the current champions, I mean, if Ciampa shows up at the Rumble, if Tommaso Ciampa at the Royal Rumble in the Rumble, that will be golden. Uh, and then the NXT uh, Women's Champion Shana. right now, Shayna Baszler. Yeah, unless uh, uh, again, unless of course title change happened the night before. Of course, take over. You know, but that would be that would be really cool. It'd be really cool. I'd like to see another member of the Undisputed Era show up, maybe like a Roddy Strong or something like that, who's been on like uh, two hundred five. Last week, I cheers the storyline between Mandy Rose, Naomi, and Jey Uso. Again, I'm going to cheers it as well because she came out in a towel. Looking for her gold top or her gold pants. She came out as a commercial, walking backstage with a set towel and stripped it off of her, revealing her gold shorts and gold top. They're going to go a slow build, right? Because they're not rushing to anything. 
No, but it's a little I slow a little this week, a little bit next week, maybe a little bit. I feel week. bad for Mandy and Sonya a little bit because even though I love the fact that like they, TV every week. No, but I, I, I even though I love the fact that Naomi went like full, like full gangster. Yes. And like ripped the earrings off, <laughs> took the heels off yep. and whooped some ass backstage. I kind of feel bad because like Sonya's supposed to be this dominant, like, bare-knuckle fighter, MMA girl. Hair up, square up. Right. And Mandy Rhodes is supposed to be one of the greatest women athletes in in SmackDown, right? What should have been the woman's winner of uh, Tough Enough. But yet Naomi can take both of them? And don't get me wrong, I understand going, like, full gangster gives you, like, this adrenaline rush. Yes. But... Yeah, I I don't... You essentially devalue Sonya and Mandy a little bit if one girl can take on two. Yeah, but then she's. They started coming back, and then Jake showed up to break it up. Yeah, but I, I think because there was this one point. If you really watch the video, there's like this one point where like Na- Naomi grabs Mandy, and she's going for her, and Sonya kind of comes out like catches her with like seven straight shots to the gut, and Naomi doesn't even let like, go of Mandy. Like it doesn't even register. Mm. And I'm like, granted, most fans are not as eagle eyed as you and I, and are not going to notice that. Yeah, of course. But I noticed like Sonya Deville just punched you seven times in the gut. And you didn't even flinch. I was too distracted. So do you expect me to 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 believe it when Sonya punches somebody in the ring once and they drop? Mm, yeah. Right? So things like that. It's like things like that that I'm I'm very much a stickler for. Cheers to Triple Threat main event. Enough for nothing, you know, I said this around SummerSlam, but once again, I'm going to give props to Carmella for holding her own to show she can hang with the big names and, you know, deliver in the ring. I, I, Carmella was fantastic here as she was in SummerSlam. Carmella. I think Carmella has improved incredibly. Carmella has steadily gotten better. I've loved her work with uh, R-Truth. But to step into that ring, especially with the amount of detractors that Carmella gets on like social media, to step in there with Charlotte and, 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 and Becky was incredible. I mean, it's not Be- being an afterthought. She was part of the match. Right. It was fantastic. And Becky's just ridiculous. Like the greatest thing in wrestling right now. I thought it was an awesome show on SmackDown. Though I will say they are kind of mailing it in, I think, with SmackDown a little bit sometimes. It seems as so. I, I feel like things are getting a little stale. I don't see that. I just think there's a lot of talent, but I kind of feel like I, I look at guys like, I want Samoa Joe to be doing more, right? I want... I but want two-hour shows. Don't much they can do. Right. I want Samoa Joe to be doing more. I want I want Almas to be doing even more than what he is doing. Um, I'd like to see Mustafa Ali doing more in singles action, not just kind of wrapped up in tag team action. It's just like... Oh, hey, look, Mustafa Ali is part of the, the roster now. Yay. Yeah. Well, let's see him work. Yeah. Right? But I, I do want to bring this point. Okay. If the Lucha House Party could be on Raw, and Leo Rush is on Raw, and Mustafa Ali is on SmackDown, explain to me why the Cruiserweights can't be on both SmackDown and Raw. Like, split the roster. Have some of the Cruiserweights on SmackDown, some of the Cruiserweights on Raw. Don't have them work Cruiserweight matches. Have no. them work people on the roster. Absolutely. Have Mustafa Ali continue to do what he's doing. Have a guy like Leo Rush go out there and work somebody regular. Have Lucha House Party go out there and work somebody regular. But give them their own platform on 205 Live. Have Leo Rush come out on Raw and not get squashed or run away. Have Bobby Lashley defend him. Have Bobby have Leo Rush hold his own and maybe win the match. Right. Show Leo Rush the- can win a match. Don't be the small mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley. Show the raw audience who does not watch 205 Live that he can hold his own in the ring. Right. You you push the brand by pushing them as more than just cruiserweights. Yes. Put them in matches against, quote-unquote, non-cruiserweight talent. Give them competitive showings. And then people are like, oh, crap. 
they have their own platform in 205. I'm going to go watch 205 Live to see go, go see more of this person. And feel for SmackDown? That's it? Get some ratings. Raw this week drew a 2.324 million, which is up 18% from last week's 1.968 million. Raw was number 10 in the night in viewership behind five programs related to the Alabama-Clemson College Football Championship game. Raw was number 7 in 18-49 demographic behind college football. SmackDown this week drew a 2.032 million, which is down from last week's 2.091 million. SmackDown was number 16 in the night in viewership behind the curse of Oak Island and the coverage of the presidential address. SmackDown was number 4 in the 18-49 demographic behind the curse of Oak Island and coverage of the presidential address. Did you watch the presidential address? Unfortunately, I did. Did you watch the uh, Democratic response? I did. Creepy. Uh, I just want to know why Senator Chuck Schumer is starting to look like Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Let's get into some go-home thoughts. The reason you are here, the voice of BCW, is to promote next week's BCW Queen of the North tournament. Is that the only reason why I'm here? No, I just want to see your beautiful face. Okay. But it's a plus. This so next true. time, episode 150 of A Shot of Wrestling, we'll be covering the BCW tournament, as we always do, to crown the first ever women's champion. So, Pete, talk about it. Oh, man. Queen of the North is shaping up to be one hell of a night. 13 women. Quickly, I'll run through these names. Lufisto, the longest reigning Shine champion in history. Wow. The current Shine Nova champion, Aja Pereira. Brandy Lauren, who we've seen on both Ring of Honor television and um, WWE NXT television as Ava Story. Delmi XO, one half of the tag team, the Sea Stars. Davian, one of New England's fastest rising women stars. Obviously, BCW's own Faye Jackson. Tasha Steeles representing the PCA. Catred, the pro wrestling magic. Women's champion, Christian Statlander of Creator Pro. Uh, who am I missing? Oh, the Gladiator of Geeks. Riley Shepard, Princess Kimberly, yep. Sue Young will be there, the Undead Bride. Oh. Sue Young will be at Queen of the North. Will Ali be there? Ali will not be there. I'm sorry. Damn. Uh, the list goes on and on. And let me tell you, if I tell you the list of people who contacted us to be a part of this tournament. I can't imagine. Okay. I'll just tell you one. We were contacted by none other than former Impact Wrestling Knockout. One half of the beautiful people, Ooh, Angelina Love, contacted us, and we wish we could have found a way to get Angelina How Love. How do you not find a spot for a former knockouts champion? I can tell you, though, that negotiations are happening for Angelina Love to make a future BCW appearance. Don't fucking tease me like that. In 2019. Don't fucking tease me like that. But let me tell you, the list of women who contacted us to be part of this all-women show, uh, but we do have to... Bring up one thing. Uh, it will be an all-women's show in terms of uh, people that will be in action, but the king of BCW, the current reigning and defending BCW World Heavyweight Champion, Darius Carter, will be in attendance at BCW's Queen of the North, but, but. we are readily awaiting his appearance as we have a very special surprise for him, Fit for the champion that he is. The king of the north. But on that night, we will crown the first ever queen of the north. Will it be one of these 13 women that will claim no. the throne, becoming the first ever BCW women's champion? How do you beat Faye Jackson? Call themselves a queen of... Well, hey, Lufisto knows how. She's done it before. Hey, touche. I can't say anything more. Shut right? me up. But... The only woman... This is true. To beat Faye Jackson. In one-on-one -on -one action. 
Yes. But Michael J. Putty, earlier tonight, you saw what no one else has seen yet. Yes. The grand reveal Ooh. of the BCW Women's Championship. Love it. Beautiful or beautiful? beautiful. Uh, it is beautiful. Well, it will look very beautiful around the waist of one of these 13 women. One of these women may walk out with two championships, and one of Aja Pereira, the Shine Nova champion, may walk out BCW Women's Champion and go on to shine the next night and defend it, right? Catred, the Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Champion, may walk out as BCW Women's Champion. I'm just happy to be there. I'm happy to be calling the incredible action that will be happening at Queen of the North, the first ever all-women show for BCW, the first show of 2019 for BCW. Without my partner, Green Man, he's being replaced. Without replaced, Green Man has volunteered. Abdicated. To step aside and allow for Janelle from HR, from the Jobber Tears podcast, to join our commentary table. I mean, I can tell you that we went to every length. The only position in where we will not have female representation at BCW's Queen of the North will be at Ring Announcer. As Shane Fair and his white glove treatment. Best in the business. Will be the Ring Announcer for the night. But we will have a female referee. Whole night? Uh, Maybe not the whole night. But we will have a female referee. We will have a female commentator. And we obviously have an all-female card. So it is fantastic. And I'm also happy to say that A Shot of Wrestling is leading the charge as the number one, the A podcast. Thank you. On Podcast Row. Still best to say it, yeah. At Queen of the North. Incredible. Joined by That's Not the Finish. Joined by Jobber Tears. Joined by many others. It's incredible. And breaking news, putty. Oh, shit. Here we go. So, as you know, BCW ends up on Fight TV a couple, couple days later, about a week yeah. or so later. We are proud to say that in 2019, possibly for Queen of the North, we're not sure yet, but in 2019... We will be able to find BCW on both Powerbomb and Title Match Wrestling. Really? Live streaming or? Uh, we're working on that. Okay. We're working on that. Working on the live streams. Awesome. Good for you guys. All pours and onwards. Oh, yeah. 2019 is going to be a big year. And uh, March 22nd, mark your calendars. March 22nd, Friday night, BCW, third anniversary. I can tell you now. Putty, I can tell you this much. Please. It is already shaping up to be one hell of a night. I've been privy to some of the negotiations that are happening there uh, for that night. What's looking to happen? It's going to be incredible. If, if everything falls through the way that it's being planned out, oh boy, oh boy, it's going to be a big one. Episode 100 is when Greenman stepped away from the show on a week-to-week basis. This is episode 102. Was you stepped in as a guest co-host. It's true. You celebrated our second anniversary. We celebrated your second anniversary. So now this year, it's been a full year of nonstop relationship with BCW and SOW. So now I can't wait to celebrate your third anniversary. Three it, years. It's amazing, right? It's, it's going it's, to be incredible. I can tell you. Your thought when you guys first started <sighs> where you guys are now. Not only all women's show, but your third anniversary show with the names you mentioned. I mean, can I tell you this much? I mean, I think. I don't know, Can you? The third anniversary, the name that has been selected for the third anniversary show, I think aptly. Uh, encompasses exactly what we what we feel and what we've thought about BCW. Uh, it definitely hasn't been easy, but it's been a labor of love. That much is true. Yep. It, it's to think about where we were, how we started, and where we've come is is incredible. Think about the relationships. I mean, we were we defended the BCW championship at Wrestlecade this yeah. past year. Wrestlecade. True. And I think, in my opinion, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, wrestling 
convention outside of WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Right. And and to be invited to be there for that entire weekend was was incredible. Um, so onwards and upwards, as you said, I, I can't really begin to process what this means for us. Making a lot of great relationships. GoPro. GoPro is coming back to cover the shows. It's just great, man. New York City wrestling is is, is on a high. And uh, I'm just glad to be a part of BCW doing this and, and, and to make this as, as great as possible, man. Really, really do. I'm telling you right now, look, King of the Monsters tournament returns 2019. Yep. Four new matches. King of the Monsters match at the end of the year. Who will be the second ever King of the Monsters? Will Billy Brash uh, return to join the tournament for the second year in a row? Billy Brash getting a guaranteed BCW world title shot later this year, right, as as prize for winning King of the Monsters. You got Darius Carter as the BCW champion. We're crowning our first ever women's champion. I can tell you the tag team championships are on the horizon. Oh, shit. Listen, okay. 2019 is shaping up to be a crazy year for BCW. That's all, that's, that's all we can say, man. And shot of wrestling is along for the ride. Hey, top 2018. Jack Swagger, Kalei Shirt, just named two names at the end of the year. Looking forward to the Joy the Ride think, of 2019. Uh, Queen of the North, Anniversary 3. <laughs> I think we may top it in the first two shows. You hear all about it here at A Shot of Wrestling. So, Pete, let's wrap the show up. Welcome back. Happy to see you back in the studio. Let's not do this Skype anymore. Come back to the studio anytime you want. <laughs> well, now you know, next time you come to our studio, next Friday night, right? Yep. January the 18th, live, St. Helena's Gym. Tickets still available? Limited tickets still available. Limited. There is a, a sale going on right now, Groupon sales. If you're on Groupon, you get some tickets at a reduced price. You can still buy tickets at the door this Friday night. Doors will open at 7 o'clock. Show will start at 8 o'clock. We're live at St. Helena's Gym, 2050 Benedict Avenue in the Bronx. We have parking, mass transit. You take the 6th train to either Castle Hill or Parkchester Avenue in the Bronx. We are right in the middle of both of those stops. Many food options, both outside, great concession stand inside. Great concession stand inside, yeah. It's going to be an incredible night. Be there. Trust me, you're going to want to be there because you're going to be one of those people that hear about it afterwards, and you're going to be pissed off. I, I heard, uh, though, Putty, I, I do have to bring this up. Okay. I heard you got a phone call earlier. Okay, a lot of phone calls earlier. I heard you got a very special phone call from a very special person that you didn't even know had your number. Did not know. You know. I heard this happen. Tell me, how did it feel to get a phone call from that person? Surprising. Threw me up my game. I wasn't. I thought it was a scam phone call. I got a scam phone calls lately. Tried to pick this one up. You know, I was, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised. So, uh, very pleasantly surprised. I heard you had a, a conversation with this person, and uh, t- tell me, like, if you were, to, you think you could call that person back? Absolutely, hand down. You think so? Absolutely, hands down. All right, so why don't we go to a break? End of the show, buddy. Right, when we go to a break, uh, time to wrap the and then up. you call that person back right now. Time to wrap the show up, though. No, it's been this person? No, nah, wait, 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 it's a cliffhanger. No. There's a cliffhanger. Who shot JR? Do we really want to get the, leave him guessing? I mean, yeah, I think get ratings. Wow. I think get listeners. Wow. 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 I don't hear you doing. I'm doing Owen Wilson. I don't, hear, I don't know who you're doing. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I'm doing Owen Wilson. You're not doing Owen Wilson. I'm doing the better Owen Wilson. What? Wow. You know, you know what I love about Owen Wilson? His nose. Owen Wilson smells like money. Here it goes. Owen Wilson looks like money. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not listening to a shot of wrestling, this is Leo Rush from Monday Night Raw. I work with Bobby Lashley. The shot of wrestling crew, they look like money. They smell like money. They know exactly what they're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, Leo Rush endorses a shot of wrestling. I'm going to post that and tag him in it. See if he knows the difference. Guy can't tell the difference. <laughs> I closed my eyes. I thought it was him. All right. So, Putty, 
That means that it's gonna we are gonna have to wait till episode one fifty one to find out who called you. I, I do episode one fifty. I do it do the pre show before going to the studio in the Bronx. Mm, it's gonna be tough. Listen, you know what? I got your phone right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna call this person back right now. How do you have my passcode? You left it unlocked right here when you went to go get your yeah. next shot of Jack. Yeah. Right? Hold on. Here we go. Don't call go, this person. Don't, don't go my pictures. I'm going to call this person right don't now. Go, right. Don't go my pictures. Hold on. It's ringing. It's ringing. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Hello? Uh, Michael J. Putty, what the hell are you doing calling me this time of night? Calling you back. I didn't want to bother you. My co-host here, Pete Rosado, decided to call you back with my phone unintentionally. Uh, are you putting the blame on somebody else? Yeah, hands down. 100%. 100%. How dare you? Be honest. Uh, that's like that one time that I worked with Robert De Niro. And he tried to say that I fought it. I didn't fought. Pacino doesn't fought. That's what happens. Can I call you Al? No. Mr. Pacino? A little better. Uh, can I get a cappuccino around here? Not here. Anybody have a cappuccino? Not here. No. Um, why are you calling me on Star Wars? Like, hey, do you know the product? Have these are the agreements interviews? Uh, I know absolutely nothing about wrestling. Except? But... I do know this guy. You might know him too. His name The Rock. Yeah, of course you do. Titan Games host. Uh, I know him as Dwayne Johnson. Uh, he asked me a couple days ago if I smell what The Rock was cooking. Did you? And I said, no! Okay. And he said, steak and eggs. Hoo-ah. Can you do a presentation of The Rock? Okay. I hear good impersonations. It doesn't matter what you have to say. Great. I do a great impersonation of Hulk Hogan. Okay. Brother. Wow. Wow. What about Ric Flair? Oh, that's great. Here we go. You ready? Yes. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. That's why, party, they pay me the big box. Hoa! Curveball, Bunch Man. Oh, yeah. Well, best opportunity. Thanks for dialing up. 619-343-3005. That was great. I can't believe you had a phone call from Al Pacino. What happened to him? And you had the audacity. I, I, I told Al Pacino that we would talk another time. Okay. I can't believe that, A, he called you up because I don't understand why anybody calls you up. But. I mean, Mark Schwann does. You don't. With a, oh! na- with a name like Schwann, we got questions that need to be answered. Don't hit my best friend. Oh, God. See, this is the fact, Green Man, Green Man, this is a public service announcement. This is a public service announcement for Green Man. I'm sorry. Come to the dark side. We have pies and cookie. Punch and pie? Punch and pie. <laughs> Goddamn, not punch and pie! Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, listen, I can't believe that you uh, you have a phone call with Al Pacino earlier today, and then you I had am. the audacity party, yeah. to call him back. I mean, granted, on the West Coast, it's like barely 10 o'clock. Granted, you did without my permission. I don't know what you're talking about. How dare you? I mean, I don't know why you didn't say a word when he's on the phone. Churlish and insubordinate. That's what you are. I mean, you're a starstruck. You didn't say a word when I was talking to Al Pacino. You done messed up AA, Ron. Way over time. Wrap things up. Let's go downstairs, have a drink, team some karaoke. BCW, January 18th, Queen of the North, live, Bronx, New York, St. Helena's Gym, 2050, Benedict Avenue, limited tickets, still available on Groupon and... At the door on Friday night. People can reach you on social medias? At Pete Rosado87 on Twitter and at Don Juan4087 on Instagram. So, for Pete Rosado, 
for Green Man, for our guest, the leader of the House of Gangone, Anthony Gangone. I've been your host at Muggsy Putty. Until next week at BCW's Queen of the North. Putty out. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. All right, everybody, we have made it to the end of the episode, and it's my favorite part. It's last call. Now, just like always, it's rapid fire questions, and we still have here with us the one above all, Anthony Gangone. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, bro. And away we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? I don't drink. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? The Ultimate Warrior. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Mm, Soccer. What superhero or villain do you connect with the most? Uh, Batman. What is the worst job you've ever had? Retail. What is your spirit animal? A liger. Ooh, nice. Past (laughs) or present, who would you like to induct you into a Hall of Fame? Amazing Red. What is the most embarrassing thing you have ever wore? A Christmas tie. (laughs) Would you rather be rich in the indies or poor in the WWE? Rich on the indies. And finally, Anthony, how would you describe pro wrestling to someone who has never experienced it before? I would say that pro wrestling is the greatest form of physical entertainment and art to showcase someone's ability to tell a story with their body and voice in a live crowd atmosphere in an improv kind of way. I guess that's the best way I can say it that quickly. (laughs) And it's literally the best way and why many of us are wrestling fans to this day. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on A Shot of Wrestling. We look forward to seeing you at a show near us. Well, thank you for having me. Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. Ha 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night everybody! <laughs>